0: Start from the beginning. Yeah, let's start from the top. At the nine minutes, 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> Nate,
0: welcome to this podcast. How you doing, man?
1: It's good. It's good, Brett. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. It's really an honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's up, dude? It's this all good, weird man. being on the other end. Well,
0: we're talking about you. We're talking about the swim nerd, how it came into effect. Here we go. Look at that.
1: It's a beautiful shirt, man. It is. People do double takes all the time, you know? They're like, ooh, is that a Trump shirt? <laughs> some people root for me. Some people don't. But
0: <laughs> it's funny. Did you know you were taking a risk when you made it look like a Trump shirt?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it literally said, like, in the Swim Swam magazine articles, it says, keep pace clocks great again. Hmm. Or make pace clocks great again. Or that one, what does that one say? Keep pace clocks great. Yep. Keep yeah. them great. Yeah, it's it, no, not not. I did get one email with some lady that was like, That's not cool, said, whatever. You know, what, what am I gonna do? You know, it is what it is.
0: Well, we were talking before we uh got rudely interrupted by your internet shortage. Um, yeah, about how you uh came about to be the swim nerd. I mean, you had started off in law enforcement, hey?
1: Huh? Uh, yep. Uh, my first job out of college, I majored in criminal justice at ODU, and I got a job as the city of Suffolk police officer because uh, I wanted to be in the FBI. And uh, it didn't take me long. I you know, did some ride-alongs, and I got to be in the detective bureau for a little while and uh, do all what police officers do. And um, I thought, like, after, like, six months, I'm like, this is not good for me. I'm not into this. Why? That's what do you fake- mean? I
0: mean, you had a clear path, obviously, to... You're in the force. You've got two and a half years left before you can kind of head to where you want to be in the FBI. Why do you think at that stage it's not for you?
1: It just was like a, it's a, it's the hardest job in America. It's, I was making $31,000 a year to hang out with the worst people in society for the most part. You felt like every day you woke up, your life was being threatened. Um. Yeah. I mean, there's, there were definitely scary scenarios for sure. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's no hiding that. And you never know when uh, they're going to come. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a depressing job, right? You're dealing with people that have made bad decisions and uh, you got to figure out what's right and what's wrong or what's, what's true and what's not true depending on the situation. And it just feels like, just feels like a lot of the guys that were there for a long time were not real happy campers you know what i'm saying so yeah you meet you meet people like that in
0: every job like you sometimes you run into a janitor and you're like that's the happiest janitor of i've ever met like how is that person so happy cleaning toilets all day long but you just they have a vibe about them i mean you you go to I went to the train station in New York the other day and the lady I was buying a ticket off, I mean, she was just completely miserable. And I tried to cheer her up, you know, and then you meet other people like a train conductor who are having the best time of their life. So it's like in any job, you have those people that are, are, are being eaten up by the job. And then there are people who are, are more than the job, you know, their, 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 spirit is alive. So were there people like that in the force,
1: Yeah. You know, I was there for such a short period of time. Yeah, it just seemed like a lot of people, a lot of people, most of these guys were divorced. Most of them smoked nonstop, right? It, they just were not happy in the job. Mm. They, they might just not have been happy in their life. It's, it's a tough job. Like you, for the most part, if you're on the beat, you're, you're, you're dealing with some hard situations that are, you know, you just don't feel like you're, I didn't feel like I was making a huge difference, you know? Yeah. So,
0: so you got yeah. pulled into the swim coaching at that point.
1: Yeah. Odu had an emergency hiring, uh, you know, they, they needed to hire someone immediately. They didn't have to do a search. You know, I was like that. I was that's Carol with us at Odu called me the swim nerd. Like I always wanted to do the lineup. So I was always researching the next team. Cause I thought strategy was so important, you know, picking the relays and picking what events you were in. And, um, you know, I coached the summer league team as a, as a college kid. And I did swim lessons and I did little swim clinics. I did like all the standard stuff that you would do, rant, you know, clean pools, fix pu- pumps, you know, did all that. And, um, also swim
0: was, nerd was just a kind of a nickname that developed. It was a nickname.
1: Right. And then uh, when I became a like a club coach, I, I made it like the award. So at the end of the season, someone would win the swim nerd award and it was the award for the, the person that, you know, was just really into swimming that just was <laughs> really, really liked swimming. And that's the essence of the name. Obviously that's, I think everyone, when they hear it, they're like, boom, I got it. Right. That's me. Right. And that's what, that's what everyone is. Now, I think that's m- most of the fans of the show are, would be considered swim nerds. Right. Yeah. Yeah in that definition of,
0: of it. Yeah, we are, we all are, you know, it's, uh, we love swimming and it's something that's never left us. You know, it's we've it's, it joined us at some point in our early childhood, you know, most of us around eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, somewhere around there. And then Mm -hmm. it just never left. It's just always been part of us in, in some way. And, um, I never looked at myself as someone that couldn't find anything beyond swimming. You know i always felt like i could if i wanted to mm-hmm. but swimming always just pulled me in and it seems like that's what it did to you too
1: yeah so it's funny you say that so like my next job after i got out of coaching i kind of just got burned out real fast because i was coaching in college we had a four-lane pool because we were going through all this transition and renovation so we were having three two-hour practices back to back double morning practices and then i was coaching a club team i was doing five mornings every week you know i was leaving the house at four in the morning. I was getting home at eight 30. I did that for like four or five years. And I finally was just like, I'm, I'm burnt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some guy was like, Hey, do you want to sell insurance? And I was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know anything about insurance. I'm not interested in insurance. And he was like, well, it pays really well. And you get your own hours and work from home and you'll learn a lot. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, I got into the insurance business and I learned everything about Mostly small business insurance for specific types of businesses, mostly like contractors, funeral homes, auto dealers, you know, your local businesses inside of any local city and community. Mm. That's who this insurance carrier like focused on, but they also did their own life insurance, their own disability insurance, their own health insurance. We did estate planning. We did buy, sell agreements. We did like everything for the small business owner we did. And so I got like a master's degree in like business sitting down every day for hours endlessly with all these business owners that started their own businesses that have, you know, created successful businesses. And you just, I just learned so much. It was just insane, right? You're learning how to read financial statements. You're learning how these people are doing their marketing, how they got, how they even got into the business. It's all, it's, I like the job actually. I like the people aspect of it. And I like the learning of it. Um, You know, some, People say, "Oh, it's insurance." Yeah, it is definitely selling insurance. Is it's selling insurance, but um, you know the business part. I thought I thought it was really awesome. So at this point in time, are you are you tinkering with yeah yeah? Blocks? So this is what I was going to say. So I quit swim coaching, and I become insurance Nate. Yeah, and I start a Twitter account at the same time, basically, July of twenty twelve. Is when i started the twitter handle and i just started tw- it was like right before the olympics i just started tweeting like incessantly live results i'm the guy that sits there on omega timing takes a screenshot formats it so it looks good and then tweet it out to everybody you know so that during short course world boom you know you hear all the times here all the places you can look at them you can look at all the splits here are the people on the relays here are the names and the times of the swimmers and just live analysis in general, right? Just any sort of knowledge um I just we just tweeted out, and then I just tried to collect the best content around swimming. So when you go to my Twitter feed, it's I still look at it every day and usually tweet every day, but it's it's ten years in the making almost now, and it's we've been through multiple Olympics cycles, like the first Olympic cycle was like we just started. Then four years later, I did the Kickstarter to launch the clock, and I quit insurance, and four years after tweeting, I had built this foundation of mostly swim nerds, mostly swim coaches all over the world, you know, that were just following us, Um, and uh, I said, hey, like, I want to build this clock, would you guys buy it, and it just you know, the Kickstarter launched. Where, where does that come into
0: it though? I, I understand the transition between some of these jobs, but I'm still not fully clear on where the clock comes into this.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, the first idea I actually had was a, I wanted to do a college recruiting website like college swimming did, but I felt like at ODU, I couldn't pay the price for the information. So like, Anyone that was a lower level school didn't have the budget to afford the best recruiting information. So it kind of made it on level playing field, you know, like Mm. you at Auburn would be like, yeah, whatever. Of course, we're going to get all this recruiting data. And um, I just wanted to put it out there and and basically flip the model around and have people pay like a buck. And um, basically that didn't work. Uh and so I just gave it away for free. And um that was like my first thought, like oh, I'm gonna do this. And then my second thought was, well, swim meat should be live, you know, we need live results. And so I I spent all this time making this thing called Meat Cast. And uh it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't freaking work. And um, so I just shelved it. I, it was a great idea, right? But I just put it on the shelf. And then I was like, all right, what else can I do? And I just remember sitting on the floor at ODU and we had just bought two tiny clocks, you know, the big fancy red ones. <laughs> and we bought a five hundred dollar remote control that like plugged into the side or whatever. Mm. And I I just wanted to plug in like ten one hundreds on one thirty and watch it go. And it, you just couldn't do it, man. Like you, it was like written in a programming language built in the 1980s by some nerdy guys. And I sat there on that floor for like two hours with my the other assistant coach, who's my best friend, and we couldn't. After two hours, man, we couldn't even program ten one hundreds at 130. Wow, that was years before, right? But that stuck in my head. One, they were so expensive, and two, they were so not useful. They mm. all they do is basically count up, mm. right? So, um. That's when I just started researching like lots about clocks. And then I uh, started talking to people on the internet about clocks. And I found this guy in Alibaba and uh, he was just too small. He couldn't build me a clock. So I just was like, whatever. Then I did the, I finally like got the courage up to kind of like go find somebody in America just to make a prototype. And I had this plan. I was going to do a Kickstarter. So for 12 months, I got I basically paid this guy every last dime I had in my retirement. I think I gave him 20 grand to build one clock. Dang. It's right up there actually. And it still turns on and it still works. Wow. I, I don't know how, you know, if I found some guy on the internet in Alabama, it was insane that it even works, but that one clock then gave me the ability to put it on Kickstarter and it's, sh- I showed that it worked. And then we raised 63,000 bucks in 30 days. Basically through emailing coaches, the Twitter feed that had four years of tweets and building relationships on the internet. And, um, I think Ira Klein posted about it in, uh, in the swim coaches idea exchange group on Facebook, which wasn't that big at that time, but you know, was still a lot of people, Uh, especially when it comes from a, a coach like, like Ira, people, they just, people just went into their own pockets and paid for it mm. i think if you watch the old kickstarter video if you're a coach you're going to realize that like a coach invented this thing right like mm. the whole ethos of everything like we spoke to a coach because we are a coach we spoke to the swimming community because we're a part of the swimming community mm. and i think that's why people believe that we could do it and somehow we actually did it wow
0: <laughs> So well you, you say we but it,
1: primarily you i mean it's it's who else is there? I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, I, you know, um, we have uh, a lot of, and we work with a lot of people from a lot of different countries, right? right. We have developers in China, we have engineers in India, we have people in v- Venezuela, Pakistan. We kind of got people kind of everywhere that do specific things. And I think what I found out was like, what is, what is my actual job other than being the the visionary person? Right. Well, my job is to assemble the team. Like that's mm. my most important job. I failed at that over and over and over again, but now I've through trial and error and hiring bad people and then finding the good people. I've, i I've, I've built the team that could build all this stuff that we're, that we've been building. Mm. So I say we, but it's, I mean, it's not me. I don't know how to code at all, you know.
0: So, so what are the factors here? There are there, there's coding, there's building the clock itself. So, how many different areas are there within the business?
1: Yeah, so you gotta you have to be able to code the firmware that's inside of the microcontroller that's inside of the clocks. Right. So that's one specific part of it. Then you got to have the mobile app, which is both iOS and Android of course we have our own websites we have to buy you know e-commerce website that sort of thing um so and then you got we have our manufacturer who's in hanjo who's my boy auto um he makes all the clocks for rogue fitness uh we kind of like grew with him um oddly enough like after the kickstarter i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know where we were going to make them i didn't even know if we could make them for what we sold them for to be honest with you Um, and, uh, I had talked to this guy auto on Alibaba, like years before about making me a clock and he was just too small. And finally, um, after that Kickstarter, I'm not even kidding. Like three days later, I just get a random email from him, like saying, "Yeah, like, Hey, what's up, man? Just wanted to check in see how everything's going. If you were still going to make a clock or not. Wow. And that follow-up from 18 months, you know, prior was like, boom, I just bought a plane ticket immediately. And I flew to China to a city I'd never been to. I got picked up in a car from a guy I'd never met. I slept the whole entire car ride from Shanghai to Hangzhou because I, you know, flew around the world. And um, I remember waking up and thinking like, man, I I don't even know this guy. I just slept in his car for three hours. (laughs) Could have just taken me anywhere. You told me
0: a story, too, about a, a chance meeting somewhere in China. Yeah, so
1: that same trip, I almost always used, I love Airbnb. Since it came out, and I use Hanjo has ten million people in it. Okay, ten million. It's about the size of what New York. Yeah, I mean it's huge. It's just ridiculously big. Yeah, and so I pull up Airbnb, and inside of Hanjo there's one apartment, and I'm like, well, I'm getting it. It's the only choice. This is easy, so I book the the dates right, and I send it to Auto. And I'm like, hey, here's the address. I've got no idea if this is close to you. I can't tell if it's close to you, but I'll make it work. And if it's not, it's so inexpensive. Like I'm out a hundred bucks or something, 150 bucks for the whole week. So it's just so cheap. And he, he, he messages me back and he's like, dude, I don't understand, man. Like you can't be staying here. I'm like, pretty sure that's the address she gave to me. And I resent it again. He was like, this is my address. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, this is literally the address of this one skyscraper, of this one building, of multiple skyscrapers. It's the apartment 11 feet down from his apartment. It's literally, if you were in a hotel room, it's like 406 and 407. Oh, my God. And so this 21-year-old architect that lived by herself right (laughs) next door, she was the one, the only person in the entire entire city of Hangzhou that had an Airbnb, and it was 12 feet away from... Autos, literally like his house, like his apartment where he lived with his family. So I woke up every morning and I just like walked <laughs> 11 feet and I knocked on the door at 730 and they let me in and they'd cook me breakfast and we'd have tea and we'd get to, to you know, play with the baby. And then Dude, we'd that's finally...
0: the dumbest story I've ever heard. That's it's not crazy. real life.
1: It's not. It wasn't. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, madness. Um, yeah. That's it, awesome. It, all, all, it all, you know. My mom says it happens for a reason, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you you start building this clock and you start putting it out. I guess. I mean, what what year was this that that
1: you start actually selling your first clocks? So twenty sixteen Olympics, we do the Kickstarter. August eighth was I think it started. September eighth it finished. We delivered the first batch of clocks September or October of twenty seventeen. So that was the first batch of clocks uh, over four years ago now. So if you have if you if you got a Kickstarter clock, you bought it, it's been on your deck for over four years. Wow. And they're still yeah. kicking, eh? So what what's the major
0: differences or what's just the features of your clock as opposed to some of your competitors, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows it's we just we cut the cost of the of a nice digital clock like in half, you know. So we that was the biggest thing. I wanted to make Digital clocks affordable for any swim team, regardless, not just big fancy swim teams. Um, and other than that, it, can, it connects to a mobile app, you know, via Bluetooth. So you can program anything you want pretty much into it. 10, 100s on 31, whatever, you know,
0: super simple.
1: Yeah. Super simple. Um, and of course, like we made the, we made the, the color of the clocks, the complete opposite of everybody else's clocks. Everyone makes red clocks and now everybody after five years, like they know, oh, it's a green clock. It's a swim nerd clock. Mm. And so that was, um, that's a defining feature, but there's lots of little features too, that I think are really cool that are different. Like the colon blinks at a half of a second. So when you come into the wall and you're doing fifties pace, you know, if you went 31 low or 31 high, and that sounds so dumb, but I'm telling you, like I use it, I swim my master's team uses our own clocks you know like it's that little that little feature is is a nice cute little feature you know so there's there's a lot of little things like that it's good that you
0: can see your clock from a a massive distance um did you have how'd you come up with the green itself
1: uh well i i didn't want red and i was trying to get the most visible color um and actually at first i was going to go with blue Mm -hmm. and uh you know you know who um DM me was Tom Rushton. Tom Rushton was like, dude, do not make a blue clock, bro. And I was like, why not? He's like, they're bad for your eyes. It strains your eyes. And I was like, then then I learned all about how that, you know, blue light, you know, it's not good for your eyeballs. How did he know that you were thinking about blue? I don't know. Maybe I tweeted something out. I mean, I did have a one blue clock at the very beginning, you know, that we like showed off. But I don't think it was in the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter clock is red. I mean, this, everything, we're still making it better, you know? It's, nothing's ever perfect. Um, I think that's the other thing I've learned is just like, just launch. If you're, if you're, you got something, just go for it.
0: Yeah, just, just make it better as it goes.
1: Yeah, you'll, you will make it better as it goes. How much better has this show gotten? (laughs) I mean I just made that montage From this year to last year and I just like Laughed at the first one I mean the quality Mm. Is so bad yeah like The sound is bad the video is bad The I mean everything is about it it's not that Good yeah and now like Obviously like We've done a lot more other than just Interviews we've done live streams we've Done live swim meets we've Done live interscrod Meets we I mean we've done all sorts of Weird little things so
0: I'm sure there was a couple of years there where you sat up at night thinking about how to make your pace clock better. Do you still have those visions every day?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't, I think I have visions of all the other stuff that we're doing. Right. I mean, we've been, I've taken every dime we've ever made and put it back into the business. Yeah. We've, (laughs) we've never really actually like, we never, you know, no one's ever made any profit yet because we just keep now we got this virtual scoreboard and if you have a swim meet and you have a dactronics or you have a colorado five or six or you use sst and you don't have this you should get it because it's the best thing that's ever happened to swim meet since the timing system i'm telling you it is amazing and the analytics tell us that it's amazing because your audience we're just we're just trying to get people into swimming as easy as possible with no friction so if you're hosting a swimming at auburn we want your people to be able to get those live results that we want to we want them to know who's swimming and what their times are And we can put it on a video or you can just put it on a website you can have a digital interactive heat sheet that's just running live wow
0: instead of where do do people find that
1: that's on our website at swimpractice.com it's called swim nerd live um it could turn any television into a scoreboard. So some teams are just buying televisions and they're hanging them up everywhere, or they're putting them in a three by three matrix or a two by two matrix, or they're putting projectors up or whatever. Um, people are doing all sorts of different things. It's really interesting. You know, it seems like people that are outside, we've sold a lot of those, I think because scoreboards outside tend to be, Not as fancy. You know, a lot of these swimming scoreboards, they don't even have the names. They just have, like, the lanes and the times, and that's it. Right. So we provide it all. And it's just everyone can just go to a website. Boom, it's, it's on their phone. And then we built an advertising platform on top because, look, the goal of Swim Nerd has always been to kind of, like, decentralize or, I would say, democratize swimming, right, the best as we can. Right now, like meet mobile, it's five bucks, five bucks for grandma, five bucks for your brother, five bucks for the coach, five bucks for the official to get in, to look at results that happened after the fact, right? That's, that's a barrier of entry to a youth rec sport for the most part. We, I don't want that in the sport. I want one click, boom, I'm watching the swim meet. We continue to put barriers around the sport and I just, that's not what I'm into. I want it to be frictionless. And we kind of, we
0: highlighted this. We used it ourselves at the Virginia, um, inner squad meet. That's correct. That was cool.
1: Yep. So it was useful um, for us because we weren't allowed to. Yeah. We couldn't show the actual swimming. Yeah. yeah, You know, then that's the, that's one of the problems with these, uh, these top tier schools, right? UVA can't show their swim meets, even if they wanted to, they're not allowed to. Right. So no one can even watch them swim. It's Because they have
0: they have deals with networks. Right. So primarily kind of football or basketball deals, but they spill over into swimming. That's right. Yeah.
1: So but all these other schools, these small schools, they don't have those issues. Boom. They're just now they can they can make it a very professional. They can put their logos on there, they can put their team colors on there. They can put it at the top, they can put it in the bottom. They can put that scoreboard wherever they want. And then they control the eyeballs. They control the eyeballs on YouTube. They control the eyeballs on swimnerd.live. They can run all their own advertisements. We don't take any money. It's it's for the swim teams.
0: And this is not just America, this is worldwide.
1: Yeah. Um, it just depends on what meat software you're using, right? It's compatible with Meat Manager and it's compatible with uh, Team Unify uh, and it's compatible with sports in the uk now so um if you use any of those then you can use swim nerd live um yeah so
0: and then uh where, where did this idea of the the mini clock come in
1: oh that was coming felipe. out this christmas i mean felipe lima felipe he was lima. one that, yeah he really he was the one that really pushed me to make a small one really yeah a, a lot of times we get questions like "Hey, like what?" other size clocks do you have we've only had one clock you know and um so yeah we made a tiny clock it's six digits it's got a waterproof case i don't it's inside the house but um they ship tomorrow they leave the factory tomorrow yeah so we're we're late we're story of my life i know we're we're a couple weeks late but um People are excited about these ones because they're
0: portable. I mean, you can just basically as a master swimmer or, you know, just a, you know, daily lunch swimmer, whatever it is, you you take your own pace clock, you set it up, you go, you don't have to worry about what pool you're at, who you're interfering with, you know, not being able to see the clock, things like
1: that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you travel a lot, it's perfect. Look, it's not, it's not for everyone, right? Like a lot of people are, you know, you get feedback when you run advertisements on Facebook. Trust me. You know, like people saying like, this costs too much money. Well, it doesn't because if you knew what it cost me, you wouldn't think that, you know. Who's saying a um, hundred bucks for a pace clock's too expensive? I don't know. I don't know what to know. tell you. But we get, um, uh, you know, it's it's good, I think. Um, Is it programmable as well? Yeah, it's programmable. Yeah. So you'll, be. I mean, you can, we've had coaches buy like eight of them, 12 of them. Right. I think everyone thinks that this is just for like the triathlete of master some or whatever, man. I think it's great for any swim team. If you just, if you have a, a distance lane and you want to do some super creative distance sets, boom, there you go. There's right. that little clock for that one lane. Right. Um, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's I've used it like pretty much every single practice for the last month or month and a half, you know, to really utilize it with my little master's team, we get to try everything out first. And, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty fun, man. I think it's going to be better than I thought actually. Who handles customer service, man? Like you, who does that for you? That's customer service is mostly me. And wow. the reason I say that is because. Customer service is also sales, in my opinion. You know, like, that's this is my reputation. This is, like, what I built the whole business on is being open. Like, my cell phone's been on the website since day one. My email's Mm. on the website. Mm. Uh, It's on every single page on the website. I want you to call me, right? You might have a pace clock problem that you need help with. And then at the same time, you never heard that I had a virtual scoreboard and you have a CTS six and man, this would really make your swimming experience a lot better. Cause for COVID, you know, you can't even have spectators. Right. So I think the customer service, if you read the reviews, I don't, I hope there's nobody out there that ever says like, man, this guy didn't return my phone call. Mm -hmm. He didn't return my email. No, that's not us. Uh, The goal is to return that email when you have a problem. Back as fast as we can once you've sent that email and we've received it there's like a countdown timer for us you know the faster we can respond the faster you're going to be happy and we hear the same stuff in swimming right the worst we have the worst customer service because in my humble opinion a lot of these companies that are very very large that own a lot of the stuff that's inside of the sport they just they have a monopoly on it and they just don't care that much and
0: what about this um i mean you're sitting in your garage right now right isn't that where yeah. a lot of the pace clocks get delivered
1: oh yeah we have a um we have a pretty big uh storage unit down the road uh okay. where almost all the inventory is and then we have like a little staging area over here gotcha uh a very messy table right now um I just kind of converted this entire garage, put the lights up. I put carpet in here, uh, put this giant industrial heater in here, uh, because we had a second kid. So, um, you know, it's, uh,
0: it's, it's perfect. It's running your own business. It's what it's it is
1: Perfect right now. Yeah, it is good. it it is good. It's been, it's been just fine. Now, what right about here. the story
0: of uh, you and I? I think a lot of people have kind of wondered how we connected. T- tell us your side of the story.
1: I think we were just at it together.
0: We were. That was the first meeting. I've got a girl trying to annoy me right now from behind, um, so I'm just going to ignore her. But um,
1: oh, is, that, is that the dog?
0: No, I think it's my daughter. I think she's crawled behind me trying to get my attention. That's, oh, that's uh, even
1: funnier. <laughs> yeah, um, we met in Dallas. At Aska, We like, met in Alaska, Dallas at ASCA. Yeah, yeah. The, co- the Coco took over.
0: Yeah. And you honestly,
1: were. I don't even remember how we really ran into each other. But uh we had lunch, me, you, and David. And I think we had lunch with Coleman, too. Did we? Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, you're right. I remember that place. That's right.
0: Um <laughs> And we just kind of hit it off. And so then I guess... um I was thinking about doing a podcast, and I was thinking to myself, I can't handle the. I, I wanted a partner. I wanted somebody to do it, yeah. basically. So I called yeah. you up, and I was, I was like, "Hey, would you be interested in doing a podcast?" And from my memory, you, you were like, "Hey, I've, I've already tried that. I don't really want to be the face of a podcast. I would love to do a podcast, but I want to be more behind the scenes. I, I think you should be the face of it, and I could be kind of the, the producer, you know, type person." yeah and, uh, i think that was kind of the way we kind of agreed at
1: first right yeah i think you just texted me like do you want to do a podcast together and i was just like yep a hundred percent like i had done i'd already I, I mean i love podcasts i'm like a podcast junkie you still got I, that
0: text we should
1: keep that text uh it's in a swim swam advertisement somewhere <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even kidding we need to pull it out we need to we need to get a copy of that text so um yeah, I think it's been a beautiful relationship, to be honest with you, because swimming is a, it's a funny community, right? Like the first thing people want to know is like, are you even a swimmer? Do you have any sort of accolades? Yeah. How fast were you? Yeah. Um. It's not that I think that I couldn't have done it. I just think that it would always come better off coming from someone that had reached the highest levels of the sport already not only as an athlete but as a coach and at and and at multiple levels too like obviously like the olympics and then all the college experience so um yeah i like i I don't mind being in front of the camera right i've been making videos forever um so i think that's why it was a good match i already kind of knew what i was doing a little bit
0: but i also think that we we push each other first of all Uh, i i work hard because you work hard and vice versa you know you see me you see me doing what i'm doing and you wake up to a a new podcast that's like oh you just recorded that at 2 a.m and then i see you working all day on putting it together and then you know the way you produce it it's like oh man he he really outdid himself i gotta go harder and so it's like we just we work off each other we work with each other i think our communication is good we're constantly talking to each other but i think where i've noticed a couple of our competitors not so much go wrong but have really run into a roadblock is they try and do it all themselves and i think that the the beauty of what we did up front was i knew my role you kind of knew your role we we developed it as we went but you know it was like all right that's your side of the business this is my side of the business and let's just grow it and and we worked with each other in 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 our strengths and i think that's where people kind of run into some roadblocks. is they try and do it all themselves and and they become overwhelmed and there's a lot to it that people don't understand
1: it's easy to be overwhelmed i mean i mean you i feel like you email me like once a week with something new that like hey should we look into this Mm. there's always something else there's another software that might help you there's another Whatever. I mean, you got hardware issues, you got software issues, then you got to distribute it all. Right. Um, So you got to have your social media outlets because that's how you push the content. You got to have a nice email list, right? Typically that helps. So yeah, there's quite a bit that goes into it. Well, the thing that we're, the, the problem
0: we're having right now is we have so much content and just getting through the quality of it. There's so much good stuff that we have that we haven't really cut up and distributed the way we could have you know little clips of really good content you know if we have a podcast that goes for an hour there's probably three or four clips in there that we could just chop up and and people would really connect with we just haven't had the time and energy to go through it and clip it up properly
1: yeah well, well it's um it's a time ta- it's it's not only is it time consuming but you have to understand swimming you can't just ask somebody off the street to be like hey, could you? pick out the best parts of this interview with Jocko Vaharan and yeah and surprise me it's not yeah. going to i I feel like that's not going to work very well um but yeah it's we need um we need a little more help yeah we'll get there
0: we're getting there we're growing just like the business and i think the business the swim nerd business is growing with the inside with bread hawk business you know it's kind of hand in hand um which is great. I want your business to, to explode. I want you to be able to hire people to come in and, and work with you in, in your other side of the business, the swim clock business, you know? So Yeah. That, yeah so, uh, I, I think it's in that respect. It's good. We do have some partners, uh, for 2021 that, that are exciting. Um, some new announcements that we can make later on and some people that are very interested in, in partnering with us, which is cool. So I think, Things are progressing, man. Uh, eventually, we'll have kind of some some shirts that will, you know, some some stuff we can put out there for sale as well. You know, that some merchandise. So that's, what that's like it. one other
1: thing that's been on the list forever. That's you know down on the list. It's just yeah. more time making those yeah. little graphics and making sure they're good and putting yep. them on the shirt and uploading this and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. I'm excited, dude. It's um, like I said earlier, like we just continue to innovate. And I, all I do is think about innovating. I told you that yesterday too. Like I, yeah. it, everyone, I, I didn't say that in jest. I just said that. Cause like, that was my thought at the moment, right? Like it's the time of the year where you start thinking about new year's resolutions and you look back at the year and stuff and you always want to look forward, but man, I'm always looking forward. I'm always looking to like, what, what, what else can we do that, to me, the biggest question is what helps the sport the most? Yeah. And I think what we've done, the the most important thing that we've done is like swim coach education. There hasn't been anything like this. Mm-mm. It, this is the gold standard of swim coaching professional development for free. No listening to the very, very best of the sport not just coaches, but the athletes themselves. And I just, like, if you can't learn from every episode, you're not listening to it.
0: Yeah, well, in in that, there's a couple of other people I'd like to mention. Um, Adrian Crawford, who has uh, come on board from South Africa and, and kind of helped the podcast grow by the things that he's doing. You know, we we put those out, and um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're trying to work together. Every single episode promotes everything man I you know um sunny trig sunny the swimsuit guy has come on board and um you know we've we've helped him he's helped us um it's kind of been a match made in heaven people love him he's so you know funny and charismatic and just uh, knows swimming he's another swim nerd so um, exactly get there, on get on the swimsuit guy for sure
1: yeah there's all these i mean if you watch the live show that's who the people that come on or the other people in the in the on the internet you know, making content that's unbelievable for swimming, yeah, right? That's yeah, we've had some good people
0: come on yeah. and, and
1: partner with us, so we want to continue to look for
0: people like that in the swimming community. So, if you're one of those people making content and doing something for the swimming community out there, um, you know, reach out to us. Uh, you know, your story is kind of like a story that we just told recently, Rolandas, Rolanda, uh, Rolandis, uh Gambutis, um, you know, the Aquavalo started yeah. the drag socks, you know, um incredible kind of yeah. small business uh chuck destro you know we told his story it's just you know your story is similar it's like and chuck said the same thing just try it just start it you know just get it going it's not going to be exactly where it'll be three years from now but you got to start somewhere and and these guys are small business owners doing fantastic things so um you're very similar in that respect so uh, it's pretty cool man
1: yeah i I love learning about all these people that are. Making swimming better ultimately, right? These products are better products, more innovative products, less expensive products a lot of the time. Um that's what the sport needs. Yeah, you know, we need more little small businesses coming in here and doing things.
0: Yeah. So Cool. Well, anyone that's got to the end of this podcast, we thank you. Uh, You're obviously uh, a swim nerd just like us. We appreciate your time, your energy that you put into us. Uh, Hopefully, we we can continue to grow with you and learn and push out content that you want to see. If you guys have suggestions, please, you know, always feel free to reach out to us. We want information. We want to know where you want us to go. We want to know how you want us to grow. Yeah, DM us, email, whatever it is. And Jump
1: we're going to put together a little survey. I think this year, didn't we do last one last yeah. year? We'll do another yeah. one. We got some pretty good feedback uh the last time around, and I expect we'll get a lot more feedback this time because, well, the it's grown. You know, we four xed in a single year, which is pretty amazing. So hopefully, here's to another four x in
0: 2022. All right, Nate, you're an awesome partner, man. Love, hey, to, uh, love thanks, man. you. thanks, right. man. I love you, buddy. I'll See you.